0: Hey, what's up? Hello, welcome to Sounds Fake But OK, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me.
1: And a bi demi-girl, that's me, Kayla.
0: Talk about all things to do with love, relationships,
1: sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, a meta normativity and allo normativity. Sounds, Sounds fake, but okay. okay.
0: Welcome back to the pod. It feels like forever. Yeah, but not for
1: them. For you, it has not been.
0: For us,
1: several. Several.
0: Yeah. Kayla, we have a house. We have a thing to house keep our
1: our house. We have a big house to keep. It's like a fucking mansion, bro. We have a mansion. We have an estate to keep. An estate? Jesus. Yeah. I get... I mean... None of this housekeeping is uh, set in stone or very helpful, but... Or very specific. (laughs) Or very specific. Pretty vague stuff. But um, we're going to have a big announcement for the book coming sometime next week. We're not 100% sure when, um, but we're going to do a live stream to celebrate and announce it. Mm -hmm. But we don't know what day. Mm -hmm. So... Just keep an eye out, I guess, on our socials this coming week. Yep. (laughs) For uh, an announcement of when we will be making an announcement.
0: (laughs) Besties, we wish we knew too.
1: (laughs) We do. But it'll be sometimes this week, and it'll be like, basically, we'll be sharing every major piece of news about the book that there is. At one time. (laughs) At one time. Like, anything you want to know about the book, we, except for, like, reading the book aloud, will be in this announcement, so... I mean, we could read the book aloud in this announcement. I guess we could, but I think we'd get in trouble. I think we would, too. Yeah. But we
0: have the ability. We have the capability. We
1: could, yeah. Uh, So stay tuned for that very exciting stuff.
0: All right. Well, Kayla... In the meantime, what are we talking about this week?
1: This week, I had realized that throughout our episodes, we have talked about the topics and the struggle of both amata normativity and allo normativity. But we haven't dedicated an episode to those things. So I thought we should talk about it. So here we are. Here we are. I don't think this is gonna be like as you know, unless is this is your first. Uh, episode you're listening to, I don't think we think of ourselves as an educational podcast. I think it's more of like two aspecs talking about things for other aspecs to listen to.
0: If you get educated, that's a bonus. That's yeah. a bonus of the podcast,
1: not one of the baked in um uh promises. Yes. So, like, we'll obviously be doing definitions at the top, but I thought it would just be more of a like a conversation about how these things have affected our lives like personally and how we've dealt with that and things of that nature. A conversation, you know? Yeehaw. Yeehaw. All right.
0: So, Kayla, let's start by telling the people what the hell we're talking about. So we've got a mad normativity and
1: we've got allonormativity. Yeah. Where shall we start? I'm going to start with allonormativity. I think that's that makes more like from the name you can tell more what it is. Yeah. So basically, allonormativity is the cultural belief that everyone has and should have sexual and romantic attraction. So, you know, it plays off the word alloromantic or allosexual. And yeah, it's basically just your- Are you reading this out of the dictionary in our book? Am I? No. Should I?
0: No. (sighs) It would be funny if you were.
1: Shit. I'm going to have to go find our book.
0: Well that that's a fun little tidbit that I just told everyone. There is a dictionary in our There's book.
1: a dictionary. Okay, fine. I'll go find it in our dictionary. You, you don't have to. I was just now, like, well, wow, that sounds familiar. Uh yeah. Okay, the way we wrote it in the book is the belief that all people are sneak preview and should be both allosexual and alloromantic. There you go. That's listen, I just read you a sentence from the book. So, so true, bestie. Yeah, in it. So yeah. That's that's it. Basically, the assumption that everybody is and should be aloe. Amata normativity was coined, the word was coined. I don't know who coined aloe normativity. Do- um, yeah, I don't know. But a normativity was coined by someone named Elizabeth Brake, who I believe is a
0: Doctor professor? Elizabeth Brake.
1: Yeah. And does Doctor. a lot of like work on relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can just read it from the book again. <clears throat> the definition of from other uh, which is basically just uh, what Elizabeth's uh, definition is: is the belief that all people are better off in an exclusive, monogamous, romantic, sexual relationship, and that everyone is seeking such a relationship. So, I think allo-normativity is kind of baked into a maternormativity, but it's yes, um, basically the assumption that not only are people like should all people be allo, but they should also be seeking your like standard, stereotypical. Romantic sexual relationship. Right.
0: So so allonormativity is is this idea that everyone should and does feel these certain types of attractions. A matanormativity is the idea that because everyone feels these sorts of attractions, everyone should. Act on them and pursue them in a way that is, quote unquote, socially acceptable or socially advisable or socially expected.
1: Yeah. So like the way on um, if you look up like a a man of narrativity, Elizabeth Breck, you'll find her like website. She has a page on it Um, and she gives examples of statements like, oh, she hasn't found the one yet. Or like, aren't you lonely because you're not like married or partner? Things of that nature. Indeed. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think all people are affected by these things. I think um, A-spec people in particular, because I don't know that we're more likely to not. I mean, we're more likely to not feel those attractions in a normative way, I suppose. I don't know that we're more yeah. likely to not be in your standard relationship, but it is assumed that A-spec people are not interested in those things. Yeah. So I think those those things are just like faced more
0: yeah and and that's not to say either that the aspecs can't have this both of these normativities ingrained in their own mind because it's impossible to avoid that, yeah, it's just you know it's a, it's an unlearning for yourself, it's hard to unlearn for yourself, but it's even harder to unlearn for society, so.
1: Well, yeah, I feel like one of the hardest things about realizing that you're A-spec is almost like mourning the loss of what you expected your life to be. I mm-hmm. think a lot of us when we are growing up our, you know, parents or other people around us make comments about like, oh, well, when you get married, when you have kids, when you fall in love for the first time, you know, like, Those are Mm -hmm. just givens that are talked about in a very light way most of the time where it's just, you know, seen as completely normal. This is bound to happen at some point in your life. And so, you know, like you, you grow up like Sarah when she was growing up, fully expected to, you know, get married to a man, have a whole wedding, have kids, whatever. Um, So realizing that you're not potentially going down that path can be a, a very hard thing to grasp onto
0: right and it's not just you who's coming to terms with that it's everyone around you because everyone around you expects you to do it too and obviously it's going to be harder for you and your experience is way more important than anyone else's experience of your identity um but you know that is also a a thing with with people's parents may struggle with the fact that their their kid's not going to get married or maybe their kid doesn't want to have kids which. And both of those things are things that Aloe people could do, but because it's more uh, expected out of a it's it's uh, it's more of a question.
1: Yeah, for sure. Part of the reason I thought about talking about this this week is because Dean and I have been getting more questions recently um, about, like, marriage. Are you getting
0: married?
1: And... It's just, it's very, it's, it's always jarring to me when I get that because like most of my friends are either queer or just like, I feel like people are age like don't ask things like that anymore because yeah. the age that people get married and have kids is just like getting older and older. It's so
0: much older than it used to be. Um,
1: But also like, I'm very lucky in the fact that like my parents do not ask me things like that. I don't know <laughs> if like it's. My theory is it's because they listen to this. I guess they when they listen to this episode, they could tell me. Um, <laughs> my theory is it's because they listen to podcasts and they've probably heard me complaining about people saying things like that before. Yeah. Um, but like, when or maybe I was they just sisters, don't want to put
0: pressure on you in general. Or, yeah,
1: or maybe they're just like good people. But
0: uh, <laughs> or or maybe my parents are maybe. just good people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like,
0: Sandy, that was for you.
1: That was Sandy. for you.
0: Sandy. Love Sandy. J- just please know that it was me, Sarah, who suggested okay. to your daughter that, that you could be person. good people.
1: <laughs> I, okay, whatever. Anyway, when my sister like got married a couple months ago, I was fully expecting a lot of like, so when are you getting married questions? That always happens at a wedding, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Thematic. I didn't even get that. I, my aunt even made a comment at one point of like, nah, you don't ever need to get married. Like, My dad recently made a comment about how if he has, never has grandkids, then, like, it's whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. Um, yeah. So, like, I'm very lucky, but it does make it way more jarring when I do hear that because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in such an A-spec bubble of, like, yeah, I, yeah, I just forget how much l and a normativity are everywhere because I feel like I've done a decent job of kind of getting it out of my life as much as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you and me both have very different experiences of that in that for me, it's like I'm always asked, like, Oh, are you dating? And I'm like, No. And then they're like, Oh, well, are like you are
1: you just taking a break from it? And I'm like, No, I'm I'm not <laughs> and I won't well, be <laughs> yeah, like it, it never crosses someone's mind that like that's a permanent decision that you're making. Right. And like not based in any sort of like trauma or anything.
0: Right. But then for you, you have a completely different experience where you are in a committed relationship and so people expect you to take certain next steps and you're like, right. Whoa, hold on.
1: Well yeah, and I I think like that's why, you know, these normativities are not exclusive to A spec people. Like there are plenty of aloe people I know that like don't really believe in marriage or don't want to have kids. And those are still pressures that they are facing of Mm -hmm. You know, you are in a relationship that looks a certain way, so you are expected to take what is seen as the next step to make that relationship more valid in a certain way. And in some sense, they have, quote unquote, less of an excuse than we do, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Because like you said, it's kind of expected of us to not make those steps. Right.
0: I don't I don't believe that they have any more or less of an excuse,
1: but that's how it's going to be perceived. Right, I can understand that logic. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I do. Sometimes I'll even get questions from people about you, of like, so, like, has Sarah decided to start? Like, is she still deciding not to date? And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are
0: I that? decided? I it, like, it has it, been decided. If I yeah. change my mind later, that's a later problem, not a not a consistent yeah. thing that's happening. I re- I recently, <laughs> my aunt said that uh, one of my other aunts was confused because it was. So, something about Sarah and a relationship was being discussed, and my one aunt was confused. She was like, "Oh, is Sarah dating?" And my other aunt is like, "I don't think that's the Sarah we're talking about." Uh, <laughs> they were in, they were in fact talking about my sister's best friend, Sarah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um. But my one aunt was confused. My other aunt was like, "I don't think I don't think that's our Sarah." <laughs> <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> it doesn't seem correct.
1: Doesn't seem like something she would do. But yeah, it's like the assumption that like it's a phase or something, which, as you said, you know things are fluid. It, you maybe you would want to date someday. I don't know, but the assumption that that is going to change is rather than it just being a possibility is annoying. What is your experience of Aloe and Amata normativity in the workplace? It's been
0: actually very weird at my current job because the podcast and the book actually my boss told me this the other day that the podcast and the book was one of the main reasons they hired me <laughs> um, you're welcome because they were like oh like she there's this thing she does and she's you know it it, it it made me look good to them and yeah. it was something extracurriculars Right. And it was something that they asked me about in my interview and I told them about. So like they know. And so it's it's weird. They're not well informed, but they know. Yeah. <laughs> and so every time my one boss is like, it needs a love triangle. Me and my other coworker are like, I would rather die. Um, But <laughs> but, but it's it's been interesting at this job just because everyone has kind of known all along at my previous yeah. job, people found out eventually I don't I think I didn't get it from any of my bosses because by the time I knew them well enough for them to say something like that and have it not be weird. I think they knew about my podcast, Yeah, this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this um, one. And then I think for my coworkers, like my fellow assistants, I was pretty comfortable with that i I remember one of them i remember actually telling him that i was arrow ace and then we had a entertaining conversation it was it was actually okay because we had an entertaining conversation where he was like i'm bisexual and i like sex too much so we are opposites (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what a mood (laughs) but then like pretty much all of the people i i was peers with at work found out or or knew and so it wasn't a big deal they again they weren't always informed and they would ask questions sometimes but they were never like rude mean questions or sometimes they would be like i don't know if i'm allowed to ask this question and i'll be like just (laughs) just go for it (laughs) it's funny so it's that's been that's been my work experience has been everyone has always known and so it's they may not understand it, but they know to at least be more cautious around it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I had, I mean, for me, it's obviously different because I am in a relationship. So yeah. I uh, pass as Aloe. Mm-hmm. But like, it was the same thing for me. Like my, like you know, the podcast and stuff is on my resume. Like my boss listened to an episode before I was hired. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, in professional spaces is such an interesting place for aloe and a normativity and it's honestly the place that like i worry about people the most not myself Mm -hmm. because like i'm fine and you're fine um but like things surrounding like uh like a plus one to like a Christmas party or just general kind of like, and I guess this maybe was more of a thing when everyone was working in person, but a kind of like, what did you do this weekend? Or, you know, just like the casual Mm -hmm. small talk that people do that I think often defaults to relationships because it is a thing that a lot of people do have in common Mm -hmm. or just the assumption that, you know, everyone that's like of a certain age in a workplace is going to have a husband or a wife and, you know, either has kids or is planning to have yeah. kids because you're in this like adult professional space.
0: Right. And if you don't have at least a committed relationship, you're seen as a baby. Like a like you're like, oh, like when
1: did you graduate from college? Like you're so
0: like you're you're little. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Cause I think people equate having like a monogamous committed relationship with a level of maturity, like mm-hmm. Once you have been with a you partner for so long. You messing around. Yeah. Like you've moved in with someone. You have like a dog together. That's like seen as a much more adult behavior yeah. than being single or just, yeah, dating casually. And I, I feel like in the workplace, you know, especially in I think, you know, more like corporate spaces, being an adult is such a... Uh, a thing that people are looking for kind of or at least like in culture in the culture of the workplace that people pay attention to
0: yeah I was actually on a call today where one of the people there knew everyone else at my company but not me um and so there was sort of like a Sarah introduce yourself sort of thing and of Awful. course and of course my boss was like she's writing a book and she has a <laughs> podcast and I was like I oh you're do right to me.
1: Do. <laughs> people do that to me all the time and I'm like Stop, mom. You're embarrassing me.
0: Um, My boss is always like, you need to, like, you know, use that and, like, do whatever. Does your boss
1: want to be our publicist since he insists on (laughs) us having a publicist with the money we don't have? Like, does he want to do it? I'll ask him.
0: Um, I wish you would. (laughs) (laughs) But then there were, like, because we were talking about a – it was a YA project, a young adult project. And so my boss mentioned something about how, like, I – of the people in the meeting, I was the closest age to the target audience. Uh, yeah, and then they were like, wait, how, when did you graduate from college? I was like, 2019, I'm an my infant. Baby.
1: <laughs> See, and at my like, work, oh, I'm a baby. me being young is actually quite the commodity on commodity yeah. on my team because the, the audience we work with is like high school and college kids, so. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I'm the personality hire. <laughs> <laughs> incredible i um
0: thought of this a couple minutes ago so my previous job uh we didn't get like plus ones to like like part company parties like that just wasn't the culture but i was just thinking if we did uh so there was me and then one of my coworkers was for a bulk of the time that we worked together um in a polyamorous relationship with two different people and so i was like I could just give them my plus mm, one. <laughs> it's just, true. It's just like a gifting situation. You know, those like horrible things that only happen in the United States when like people get really, really sick and then like their coworkers like gift their sick days to them?
1: I've never heard that, but that truly oh, this is the most American
0: thing I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Um, it's like that, but I'm gifting you a plus
1: one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know where I feel maybe this is no i feel like this does but like the thing of when you're in the hospital and only like a romantic partner or whatever is immediate allowed to see family or whatever that is like means. immediate family but often that extends to if you have a partner even if you're not yeah. married yeah <sighs> so stupid because like what if i'm single but i have a best friend who Or, like, are they going to see a QPR as valid? Things like that. Or, like, so Dean's company every year does this huge trip where they take, like, all several thousand of the employees and they go on a thing. And you can bring a plus one. And, like, depends on you where you work and, like, who your boss is, how flexible it can be. But they do have rules about, like, who, like, who can come if they're a partner, how many months you have, like, how serious that partner Mm. is, like, can you bring a family member, can you bring a friend? Um, They also have rules, like, in certain really expensive cities, his company gives, like, rent help, Um, Mm -hmm. and you have to be, like, dating someone for a certain amount of months and, like, living together for a certain amount of time to get to be eligible for, like, your partner to also get help with rent, basically, or for it to cover both Mm -hmm. your rents. Um, And it's kind of like, could you game the system for that if you're just living with a friend? Like, the fact that that privilege extends to romantic partners, but not beyond that, because the assumption is that living with a friend is a temporary status and that living with a partner is what the goal is for everyone, you know what I mean? And you can always, like, if you're in a, like, a hospital situation, you can always just be
0: like, I'm married to them. What are they going right. to do? Ask you for your marriage certificate? <laughs> like, right. But, but, it's- but it's still just the principle of the thing. Um, yeah. And the fact that there are certain privileges extended to more long-term partners that aren't extended to other people that don't fall under the category of romantic sexual long-term partner.
1: Yeah. Like the I mean, it's just the facts that like the government wants people to get married. You know, like my sister yeah. was telling me um, she got married in May and she was telling me that the first paycheck she got after they were legally married. She was like, yeah, just because we were married, they took less money out of my taxes. Like for real. Yeah. that That's why people always say that getting married for fight, like you just get married for financial reasons because they literally just chop your taxes just because you're married. I hate that. And she was like I don't know if we're going to have to like pay back more when we actually do our taxes or whatever. But jeez. Yeah, just when you get married or like I know a couple that got married in college and they were like, yeah, it made our college free basically because we were married. The fuck bro. Mhm.
0: They got fucking Spotify duo. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. They got fucking tax breaks.
1: You know what's funny about Spotify Duo? I think Dean mm. and I have it, um, but you have to be in the same physical location when you like turn it on. Mm. They really tried to like, which is silly because it could just be anyone. You know what I mean? But yeah. they really tried.
0: What if you have a long distance relationship?
1: Sorry, true. Sorry, true, best day. Um, I found a Reddit thread asking for like people's experiences with. It's on the asexuality Reddit. It's if you want to find this post, it's called allonormativity and amount of examples and experiences, and people are just commenting their own things. But one thing I hadn't th- thought about is people being mistaken for flirting just because mm-hmm. they're being nice. I do feel mm-hmm. like that falls under allonormativity of it does because you just assume that that's the goal everyone is after, and so yeah, you assume
0: there's an ulterior motive.
1: Yeah, well, especially when it's, like, an opposite sex thing, because then also right. there's heteronormativity going into it, but... Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I had never thought about it that way, but it, it totally is. You know.
1: you know what else is
0: when... Wild?
1: People are... You know what else is
0: wild? Is that
1: what you meant? You know what else is? Is when people... <laughs> What? <laughs> People are like you only like that boy band because you think they're cute. Oh
0: my god. I, I have know you hate so them. many thoughts on that. I know you.
1: That could be a whole episode to be honest. I
0: feel like we have sort of done that. I mean, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure we've talked. Um that. if 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 you only like that group because you think they're attractive, explain why there are so many queer women that are fans of BTS. <laughs> So true. Explain, America. lesbians Explain. heart gin.
1: So true. Or just like, like you were saying, when your people at work are like, there needs to be a love triangle. Just like the insist, the insistence mm-hmm. of putting a romantic or sexual plot in everything, because I guess the assumption must be like this is relatable to everyone. Like everyone experiences this, so it's going to make for good media.
0: Right, everyone wants it. It's good conflict. It's conflict that people understand the contours of.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's like this is going to be super relatable. Everyone has experienced this in some way, and it's like maybe not, though.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's like so many stories that are like about fantastical things and fucking time travel and whatever, they really are grounded in relationships. But people are like, oh, well, it has to be a certain type of relationship. And it's like, no, people are relating to these people. Doctor Who is a really good example. (laughs) Like, people are relating to these people who are literally traveling through time, okay? They're traveling through time in a telephone box that's bigger on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're telling me that it's unbelievable for some of them maybe to not have romantic (laughs)
1: side (laughs) plots? Honestly, yeah, I feel like Doctor Who is a really, really interesting example because because it's super there are platonic. S- we, yeah, and because there are so many different side characters that come in and out, mm-hmm. and some of them are very romantic and others are very platonic and others are very family based, it yeah. is, I hadn't thought about that, it is kind of like a, a master class in like mm-hmm. you don't have to do it this way to make for really, really impactful relationships between characters or like some yeah. plots.
0: Yeah. You, you have those who have potential romantic plots with the Doctor. You have those who have potential romantic plots with other characters who are not the Doctor. You have characters who have a very clearly delineated platonic, a very strong platonic relationship with the Doctor. You have the Companion's <laughs> Jack Harkness, who just flirt with everyone. Um, and that's just their thing. <laughs> and like I I think it's it it is a pretty good example of, you know, you can tell these stories that are super relatable, even though the stories themselves are like fucking moisturize me person. <laughs> not not a person, it's whatever the moisturize me thing <laughs> is. Um if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google moisturize me, Doctor Who, and you'll you'll see it. Um, <laughs> Horr- horrifying stuff. <laughs> um, and like, it's so relatable. It's gone on for decades and decades and decades because people relate to it, even though everything about it seems like it's so out there and extreme. And there are not always love stories in it. Like, it- it's not a consistent thing. So true. Love stories being romantic love stories. The fact that I said love stories to mean romantic love stories was very allonormative of me. A mad norm, a me, um, one of them, both of them.
1: Terrible. Straight to aloe jail. <laughs> no, not, not in jail with the aloes. Please your punishment.
0: Put, put me That's in a jail. I want to be in a jail. No. Here's another thing. Kids kids programming, if we're gonna talk about media and L-Normativity and the Normativity and kids programming. When you're when you're really little, there is no romance. And True. guess what? The stories are still super chill and fun. Do they have a somewhat different purpose with little kids? Yes. But then once you you have kids get older, like the the age at which romance is introduced is so young and like sex sex isn't going to be introduced until they're older but
1: like yeah till like 10 years after they've started having sex yeah um that is interesting though because i feel like with a lot of kids programming there's a huge focus on friendship like teaching kids how to be Mm -hmm. friends how to share stuff like like Mm -hmm. you look at sesame street like there's so many plot lines of like here's how you deal with conflict with your friends blah 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 But then at a certain age, I feel like they just assume like, okay, everyone has this friendship thing down. They're really good at being friends now when obviously being an adult adds a lot of complexity to friendships and people aren't always great at them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they just like make the hard switch to relationships. And, yeah, you know, obviously adult media isn't like blatant in the way it teaches people things, you know. Yeah. It's not doing the ABCs. It's more... Implicit stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I will say though that Sesame Street does a really great job of having um, just uh, the world's perhaps perhaps not first, but the world's greatest uh, gay relationship in Bert and Ernie.
1: That's very true. I saw a <laughs> screenshot recently of like the Berts and Ernie's Twitters. They were like tweeting each other. And someone was like, my gay uncles are doing such a bad job at staying in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> they are so gay. They are mm-hmm, so gay.
0: Okay. And you know what? I would also accept gay P- QPR.
1: Totally so accept So true. That. That's very Absolutely. true. Anyway. Speaking of children, ju- and I, I guess I mentioned this before, but just like the early age at which children are, like, romanticized and sexualized of, like, the little shirts that are, like, heartbreaker or, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, he's such a flirt or asking kids who their girlfriend or boyfriend is in their They're school five. class or whatever. It's so disgusting the more you think about it. Yeah. And it's, like, what kind of precedent are you setting that yeah. it's got, like... You ask a kid like who's your boyfriend or girlfriend, then they're going to start thinking they have to have one. Yeah. When they're 5,
0: there are so That's many so young aespecs who make up a crush because they think they're supposed to have one.
1: Yeah. And again, it it, it goes back to that allo normativity of, you know, even if your kid is 5 and doesn't have a crush yet cuz they're 5, you just yeah. assume that at some point in their life that is going to happen, so it's okay, okay well. to make silly jokes about or whatever.
0: Yeah. Foolish. So weird. So that's LO and a Normativity. We obviously hit everything
1: about them that one could ever talk about. Absolutely. Um, No. I will say just like googling a Normativity, I don't know what I was expecting but it's not as much like I don't know I feel like uh, publications like Cosmopolitan randomly, for some reason, has gotten like pretty good at sexuality based stuff recently. <laughs> um, not a lot not a lot from anyone, to be honest. I wouldn't I expect you to be. A lot of think pieces that could be done there. Yeah. Absolutely. I but guess. So, we'll so few we'll people just, know
0: what it is. I guess even we'll within just the have community. to do
1: it. You
0: do it, I'm busy. Okay. <laughs> Um. All right. Cool, Kayla. What is our poll for this week? Oh God. Are you like me and can never remember if it's a matto normativity or a matto normativity? It's a. Uh. It's a. Uh, good to know. I'll forget mm-hmm.
1: that. Okay.
0: Kind of like how I forget every time what my whether I am Leo rising or Leo moon. I have to check every single fucking time. It's been years. It's I. It, I can't. My brain can't. And it's such
1: important information, too. Exactly. I don't know. I guess we could ask, like, what's the worst aloe mm. or normativity that's happened to you?
0: I'd also like to hear about, like, aloe normative microaggressions.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> Where it's, like, you know, it's it's not people being like, so, when are you getting a boyfriend? But it's more of like a after the fact, you're like, that made me feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. I would be curious to see uh, what experiences people have had had with that.
1: All right. I've written it
0: down for myself. Delightful. Um, Kayla, what is your beef
1: and your juice this week? Um, My beef is that I think when I had COVID, like a month ago or whenever I had it, which also fun, uh, several of the episodes, like the bonus episodes we recorded for the book, I had COVID for, so there's really a full <laughs> spectrum of like what my voice sounds like in those episodes. Um, yeah, you, so get
0: some, you get some fun covid Kayla.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a beef, but also ever since I had COVID, I've been having, like my sinuses are just worse, so I had a really bad cold last week. And my sinuses so, got so bad that I was having, like, teeth aches. And at one point, I almost passed out because of how bad the pain in my face was. Oh, uh, good. So that's, that was really cool, I think. And actually, maybe my juice because of how cool it was. Hmm. Good. Um. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well, my... my
1: no, I... Ha-
0: no. I'm sorry. I haven't been paying attention for reasons I will explain in just a moment. Continue. Okay.
1: My actual juice is that this weekend, which I guess if you're listening to this the day it comes out, I'm currently doing, um, we're doing like an in-person two-day-long D&D campaign with some of our friends. Um, And I'm just excited because I haven't played in-person in a while and like, I don't know, there's just a good feeling about like a long D&D game where you're just like sitting at a table and eating shitty food and like drinking pop and stuff, so i'm excited i love that for you uh part of
0: my beef and the reason i wasn't paying attention to you was because i forgot to update the patrons
1: before this podcast <laughs> mm, that is a beef that's, that's why i wasn't paying attention um I can't believe people would give us their our, their money and make your life harder for five minutes i know <laughs> uh my other beef is
0: uh I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't like that we as humans get hungry in the middle of the day. I think lunch is bad. Um, My juice is I received two items in the mail today and they were both army mail. Um, Oh boy. one One of them I knew was coming eventually but didn't realize it was coming now. And the other one of which was a soup prize. So I got some delightful mail today. You can tell us about your beef, your juice, your... Matter normative microaggressions on our social media at SoundsFakePod, specifically on Instagram, where we'll see most of them. We, but we're on all the socials at SoundsFakePod. Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon and have me uh, possibly forget to update the list before the podcast, but I will remember eventually. The, that's patreon.com. So SoundsFakePod. Like we have a new $2 patron. It is Sophie S. Everyone say. Thanks, Sophie S. Thanks. You you didn't do it right. Thanks. You didn't, you still didn't do it right. Thank you. No, you have to say thanks, Sophie S. (laughs) Thanks. Kayla's disrespecting Sophie S. Thank you. my god. Our $5 patrons who we are promoting this week are Doug Rice, Edward Hayes Holgate, Elizabeth Wheeler, Ellie, and Emily m our ten dollar patrons who are promoting something this week are martin giselle who would like to promote his podcast everyone's special and no one is maddie who would like to promote gender euphoria potato who would like to promote potatoes wait did did somebody did potato did potato change their no i don't know where i got that from i think potato's still promoting potatoes uh purple haze who would like to promote their friends podcast the host club and rosie castello who would like to promote big water bowls the biggest biggest our other $10 patrons are Barefoot Backpacker, The Steve, Zirkel Teo, Arkness, RK, Benjamin Ibarra, Changeling and Ace Cat, David J, David Nurse, Derek and Carissa, Cinnamon Toast Punch, My Aunt Jeannie, Maggie Capelbo, and that's it. Um, our $15 patrons are Andrew Hillen, who'd like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast, Click for Caroline, who'd like to promote Ace of Hearts, D.H. Powell, who'd like to promote twitch.tv slash Melody Dia. I would like to note that I was correct last week that it was Derek and Carissa. <laughs> oh, you went there. I had assumed so. Oh, yeah, you you weren't there when I recorded it, but I suppose you probably saw the you probably saw those messages. I was correct. My brain is so big. Um, Hector Maria, who would like to support friends that are... Nope. Well, yeah. Who would like to support friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person. Kezia. Kezia. Ugh, I just fucked it up for the first time. Kezia Root, who would like to promote... Did you ever tell me what your new promotion is? No. Kezia. Kezia, busty, please. For Kezia, I'd like to promote... Uh, more potatoes um nathaniel white who would like to promote nathaniel kayla's aunt nina who would like to promote at katemaggart.art and sarah jones who's at eternal lolly everywhere our 20 dollars patrons are sabrina hawk who'd like to promote the concept of christmas from your parents and dragonfly who would like to promote eating dinner because i am hungry thanks for listening tune in next sunday for more of us in your ears
1: bye what is wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs> oh
0: my god.